0: That's investher, H-E-R, H-E-R com promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Minimizing how much of your own money you use to acquire as much real estate as possible, as soon as possible. So in other words, buy as much real estate as you can while using as little of your own money.
0: Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free. Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate asset. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. And all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single-family home portfolio. I got three single-family homes. And I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has... Then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever and it's free. It's free. Stessa. dot com forward slash best ever. Best ever, listeners. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Jason and Carrie Harris, how you two doing? We're doing good. We're doing great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And a little bit about Jason and Carrie, they control around eleven million dollars in real estate with one million dollars in gross scheduled income. They own 75 units and bought most through creative financing. We'll get into that. And they're based in Linden, Utah. So with that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Joe. This is Jason speaking here. We've lived in Utah, or I have about 10 years. I'm a financial advisor. I do financial services, but actually started in real estate in 2010, became an advisor in 2012. And have been blown away by the returns and just benefits real estate's provided us from a passive income standpoint and tax strategy. So fell in love with it in 2010 and we've just continued to grow since then and wish we would have grown even faster than maybe we have.
0: Cool. So let's talk about the $11 million that I have in your bio. I read you control $11 million in real estate. So what's that comprised of?
1: Almost all of that is multifamily units, two to four units per building. So we have about 24 buildings right now that we've purchased. Most all of them are in that two to four unit range, duplexes and fourplexes.
0: I did not see that coming. (laughs) Wow. You have $11 million in two to four unit buildings. That's unique. So why did you take that approach versus buying in bulk?
2: When we started out, we started when we were in college, and we didn't have a lot of money or maybe even the know-how to buy more in bulk. So we actually started out owner occupying a fourplex, and I think that's when we started our focus on small multifamily units instead of larger apartment complexes.
1: And to complement that, Joe, I think it had everything to do with financing. We didn't have a lot of money. The FHA loan we learned about where you could do as little as three and a half percent down, and we barely were able to qualify for it while I was going to school. That set us on a path where we realized, wow, multifamily units cash flow better than that of single families from what our market, at least in general, what our market does. But also, the financing terms are much better when you're purchasing property four units or less versus five units or more. Mm-hmm. And due to not having a lot of capital and in the beginning not having strong incomes, that was going to be our only option unless we could come up with other creative strategies.
0: So at the beginning, you had little capital. You started in college, started early. When I do the math, I take 11 millions and say you've got 24 buildings that's $458,000 a property. So that's a lot per property. So they're averaging about $460,000 per property valuation.
1: Yeah, fourplexes in our market will go anywhere from the low end of 500,000 up to as high as 850. Now this is current numbers. Back sure. then it may have been 300,000. We've had some good appreciation over the last 8 or 9 years, but Duplexes, yeah, anywhere from high twos to even as high as 600000 if it's a really big six-bedroom, four-bath duplex per side, but that's not very common. So usually it's anywhere high twos to maybe low fours is what you'd find in a duplex.
0: That's great. And I'm not familiar with where Linden is relative to the big cities in Utah, assuming that Linden's not a big city. How close is the biggest city? And what is it to where you're at?
1: Provo Orem comprises of maybe 190,000, 200,000 people. The metropolitan of Utah County is over a million. But we're about an hour south of Salt Lake City and that metropolitan area as well.
0: Okay, got it. 24 properties. How are you financing them?
1: Great question. Well, we started out owner-occupying, so we bought the fourplex in 2010 with an FHA loan, 3.5% down. Fortunately, got a first-time home buyer credit, got prorated rents, security deposits, and a month and a half of not paying a mortgage. So all the capital we put into it, we had back in two months, and that's when I started learning more about the velocity of money and how, if we can minimize how much money we put into a deal, and get that money back out as soon as possible and retain the assets and help that asset cash flow better and better over time, I can continue to scale and build and buy more without having capital be my biggest hindrance from buying more. So that was our biggest goal is to get into a position to buy the next duplex or the next fourplex until our family grew to where we didn't want to do that to our kids anymore. So we started with single family homes with legal accessory apartments so that we could still take the rent income from the basement to offset our mortgage and allow us to continue to invest and build.
0: You started with single family homes with legal, sorry, what?
1: Legal accessory apartments where we could take a part of our home or the basement and instead of occupying it ourselves, rent it out to another family.
0: Okay. So there's got to be a separate entrance.
1: Correct. And that was our primary focus was to take on a $1,500 mortgage, but say get $1,200 a month in rent from the basement. Now my out of pocket expense for my day job is 300 bucks, as long as we keep it filled. And that allows us to save some of our hard earned income or our passive income from real estate to buy and acquire more property.
0: Okay. So basically you started with the fourplex the first one with FHA loan, and then you held on to it. And have you done cash out refinances or is the new equity coming from the full-time job that you both have?
1: Correct. While we lived in that first fourplex, I was new to this, but I would do what I could to try to improve the value of the property so that I could increase the rents from my neighbors and tenants. So as we did that, equity was built where we were able to refinance out of that FHA loan and into a normal conventional loan. There are portfolio products in our market that helped, but there was at least 25% equity where I could use that equity as the down payment, refinance out of the FHA and then have it available again to buy another property with an FHA loan. We did that twice. So bought the first one and then we used an FHA one more time.
0: So you only did cash out refinances twice on all your stuff?
1: No, FHA loans specifically. Okay. You can only have one unless there's a qualifying reason. All right, there are some ex- we found out in our market there were other lenders that would allow for as little as 10% down on multifamily investing if you were owner-occupying. So we took advantage of some of those products as well. But eventually, we found other ways to not have to owner-occupy property anymore. We had enough capital or income from our rentals where we could build up enough to just buy more multifamilies without having to live in them.
0: And what were those loan programs?
1: The ones that we've used most here require 15% down for up to a fourplex. So instead of doing the typical 25% down or more, we've been able to acquire multifamily properties for 15% down or less.
0: And the equity for those down payments comes from the W-2 job or or you're the company that you have?
1: It could be from that. However, a lot of it's come from cash-out refinances and, and improving mm. the value of our properties and taking the equity from those to acquire more. But obviously, it's a combination of all of those things. And
0: with those cash-out refinances, pro is you have that money in your bank account and then can reinvest it. Con is it could likely increase the amount of debt you have on the property. So your cash flow is decreased. But how do you balance that whenever you're approaching your investing?
1: Correct. And often that was the biggest indicator. Could I do better with the return of equity by taking it out of the property and putting it into another one, knowing that it would impact that cash flow? So that was often taken into account, and often the interest rate was higher. And since it's a larger balance, obviously the debt load or service was increased as well. But we were improving the value of the properties and increasing the income along the way so we could absorb a higher monthly mortgage and still cash flow. So that ultimately was my main driver, is making sure that we stayed within certain ratios. I like to have 55% or less total debt to income on all my properties, but I mainly care about that from a global portfolio standpoint. So I look at all of my properties separately, but I use an Excel spreadsheet to make sure that the combination of all of them stay within 55% or less. And then we try to have all of our expenses be 25% or less. When I say 55%, I should say that's including insurance and property taxes. So principal and interest is less than 50%. And then the Expenses are roughly 30% or less. So, as long as I have a 20% or better profit margin per property and globally, that's kind of what my aim target is. I am working now that we've scaled and have a lot more property to get that number closer to 75% or less total.
0: And the loans that you all have on these properties, are they portfolio loans that have a balloon payment? do at a certain period of time?
1: Great question. This particular one does not. So it's a 30-year amortization. That's nice. Yeah, it's a great product. And there's a couple different lenders who are able to offer it. Not all the time, though, have we had to use the portfolio product. Oftentimes, those types of products, they limit you to how many you can have. So some of our projects made sense where there was enough equity to just do a rate and term refinance or a cash out refinance using traditional loan products, just doing the normal conventional loan of 75% loan to value or better. So only certain times we would use the portfolio product. And most of the time it was to acquire property so that we'd be able to take title and ownership with as little money of our own out of pocket as possible.
0: How'd you find the lenders doing that 15% program that you two have used a lot? Or excuse me, is it fifteen or ten? Yeah, fifteen percent.
1: There was a product, it did change, but it used to be ten percent down, and we used that one for a couple of years until they realized that product was too good <laughs> <laughs> and then it did change to a fifteen percent down option. But that fifteen percent right now is four point seven five. If you were to compare other lenders who require twenty five percent down, they may quote you at five and a quarter, five and a half. So not often are you able to find a lender where you can put less down and get a better interest rate. So we've been able to maintain the cash flow that we're trying to get without having to compromise cash flow.
0: How did you find them?
1: We were in a real estate investment group and we've networked with other investors who are just like minded trying to build and grow. And it was during a transaction that we found out someone who was buying a property for us in order for us to take that equity and put it in a 1031 exchange to buy something bigger that we found out about the product of what they were using. And obviously, we're fascinated by it. So I wanted to learn more.
0: You two self-manage?
2: We don't. Not at all. We actually we started out that way. We started out managing, but currently we don't manage any of our properties. We have a full-time manager for all of our properties. Were you
0: emotionally scarred from when you did it?
2: <sighs> Not at all. We were more relieved. I think <laughs> it's a lot of work to keep acquiring properties and also managing them yourselves. And we realized kind of early on that if we wanted to keep growing, we had to give some things up and we can't do everything. Our time is limited. So if we can hire out the management, we can focus on acquiring good properties was kind of our thought behind it.
1: We learned later, Joe, too, that by hiring family members who are in a lower income levels, there's great tax benefits. So we actually have a number of our family members who work with us or for us in different capacities. My parents actually help us too with the property management. So they do that full time.
0: So your parents are the ones managing it, or do you have another company, or is it Combo?
1: Yeah, the long-term goal, too, is we're starting our own property management company, but my parents manage all my properties currently. It evolved to that. It didn't start out that way, but now that we have a number of units, they now do that for us full-time.
0: Any tips for building a business with family?
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, that could be a whole episode (laughs) or more. Trust and honesty, which there is, and separating business from family events obviously is very important. I think for my family and my personality that that's easy enough to do. It is difficult at times, especially when things aren't going as well as planned. But all in all, there's great benefits because who do you trust more than your parents? And it's worked out very good. I hope it's worked out very good for them as well. And we're excited about the long-term benefits that there could be as well in doing it that way.
0: What's an example of when something didn't go as well as planned in this business?
1: Well, it's often not necessarily one person's fault, but in our particular example, just some that come to mind, there's some learning curve where there wasn't clear expectations of what was needed to be done. And my mom took action on something that she thought was best, but we found out later it's not legal and you can't do that as a property manager. There's guidelines that you have to follow. So that's come back to either where I've gotten a little small lawsuit or just had fines or penalties. We've had some big surprises where water lines under properties broke and there's a big leak and those end up being really cost intensive. So things like that come to mind, but You learn from those and you get better and have better systems in place.
0: What is the biggest challenge that you two have had growing the portfolio?
1: I think the biggest one usually is finding capital. You can always find good deals. It is becoming harder, I think, in our market. But having capital, even with our approach of minimizing how much we put into our property out of our own funds, Every single time you buy property and you've put capital to work there, now you're filling cash poor again, especially if you're wanting to maintain reserves for each finance property you have that the banks require. So even if there may be assets sitting there, they have to be there to take care of the other properties that you own. So lack of capital, I think, is always the thing that keeps you from growing. <laughs>
0: And some would say it's lack of good deals or finding deals. Seems like you two have a knack for finding the deals. There's always a challenge in anyone's business. That's for sure. It's just a matter of skill sets and where you live and how resourceful you are in certain
1: areas. I agree, but I think many have a hard time seeing the highest and best use of property. So just because a property is performing a certain way in my mind doesn't mean that it has to always be like that. And I think we've done a pretty good job of identifying property that has great value add opportunity. I like to buy off current numbers, but I love to look at what the property potentially could do. And when you start finding ways to increase the income from that property and what it could generate, it allows you to find a lot more deals and not have to sit on the sidelines for so long.
0: What's an example of a creative way you've found income or value add opportunity where perhaps someone else might have overlooked it?
1: There's a variety of things. Parking is good. We've been able to go from families to renting to singles and renting them per bedroom, per room. So I could take an apartment that maybe is giving me $900 a month per apartment and rent it out for $1,300 a month per apartment by just going from families to singles. And that's not a really big change other than maybe if you have to furnish the apartment which I'd be willing to do if I put three grand into the furnishings and I get $400 more a month. What is that? It's a 160% return on my investment. So those are great options. You sometimes have enough land on the property where you could add storage units. So bigger families often always need more storage. So you can rent out, put a $1,200 storage unit in the back and rent it out for $75 a month. That'd be $900 annually. There you go again. There's a 75% cash on cash return, another great return on your money. You could add carports. That's a cheap way to add value where they don't have to scrape their ice and snow during the winter and have the sun inside their car. And so people are willing to pay more for that. Um, Let me think of some other ones we do. Renovating? Yeah. Sometimes it's sweat equity items, just making the place look nice from the outside cleaning up the garbage and trash, making the yard look nicer, and sometimes putting flower beds. We often try to paint our exterior of the building, which doesn't often cost too much. So all of those things could potentially be done for three grand or less. And now people have a lot more pride in where they live and may be willing to spend an extra 50 to $75 a month per apartment for that nicer place that they can be proud of living in. So all of those can be great returns on your money. And sometimes there's just absentee landlords that aren't aware of what the current market rents demand and what you could be getting. And I love potentially buying property from those because they may be at 700 a month, but I know they should be at 1000 So after I take over and add a little value, I'm raising rents to what I think the market would pay for what it is.
0: Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: This isn't something I learned myself, but I realized I've always believed it, is minimizing how much of your own money you use to acquire as much real estate as possible, as soon as possible. So in other words, buy as much real estate as you can while using as little of your own money.
0: Very straightforward. And you have talked in detail about how you two have done that up to this point. So no follow-up question there from me. We're going to do a lightning round. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built Buy Investors for Real Estate Investors has been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. stessa.com forward slash best ever, com forward slash best ever to get started. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Okay, best ever book you've recently read.
1: Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wright. There are some great golden nuggets in there.
0: Did you get the idea of hiring your parents through that book?
1: Yes, I'm reading it for the third time. There's some great <laughs> depreciation credit benefits especially now since the Trump tax laws gone into effect. So accelerated depreciation and hiring family members, including my children, all of those are great strategies to minimize your taxes.
0: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we have not talked about already?
1: (laughs) Carrie and I were talking about that. We've made a lot of mistakes, but none of them that have been really that big for us. I honestly feel like our biggest mistake is not taking action as soon as we would have liked. We've been in such a great economy and and a market of appreciation. It took us four years from 2010 to buy our next property. And we always wish that we would have been buying during those times when prices were so much cheaper. So I feel like our biggest mistake and many's biggest mistake are waiting too long to get started and to get involved and to start doing and start learning.
0: Best ever way you like to give back?
1: Carrie and I have a great time taking younger couples out to dinner and sharing our story of what we've done. We do a lot of education events and seminars, both in our home and at local restaurants. And recently, we've had a lot of people ask. So we're working on writing a book now to share different ideas and things that we've done to get to this point in our life.
0: And how can the Best Ever listeners learn more about what you two are doing?
1: Shoot us an email at creativegainzella at gmail.com or... Our website, we have different events or seminars that we offer creative gains real and that's gains, G A I N S.
0: Jason and Carrie, thank you for being on the show talking about the portfolio that you two have built, how you approach the financing part, the equity part, and just the business model too as well as adding value i'm glad we got to the ways that you all add value one renting the bedrooms out versus the actual unit adding storage units on property adding carports and then doing the exterior renovations and cleanup as well as i'm sure you, you do interior renovations too so thanks for being on the show. Hope you two have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, best ever listeners, and thank Joe.
0: What if you could earn ten thousand per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit RALAcademy.com to learn more.